0: I I do, I just, I do need to say, my back is in severe pain, so Blake, I'm gonna need you to cut it on the goof juice this week's episode, because my spine is in pain, and I don't know why. Oh, is it because you were carrying a baby on your front all weekend? No, look, it's not- because I went to several bars in Gatlinburg while rocking a baby on the front and sipping tequila, I will say bartender didn't seem to have any fucking issue with it.
1: You're in fucking Gatlinburg. That's the tamest thing they've seen all week. are <laughs> like, your, your baby didn't have a Confederate flag on it. That was the weirdest thing to them. They were
0: just like, look, we've seen a baby do a keg stand. This is nothing. gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages it's time it's time it's time for load and i'm talking about a load that's right a load of bs the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time two very caffeinated boys tonight and i'm talking about he the b to the l-a-k-e it's blake tanner
1: and yes the king of caffeine the sultan of sweet, sweet bean juice. <laughs> Scotty Moore.
0: Didn't bother with a rhyme on that other one. You're like, the sultan of... Nope. in bean juice, baby, you Love know. me that bean water. So... Bean. You just like that bean water? Hey, I got some bean water
1: for you. You want my bean water?
0: Blake, Gatlinburg, Tennessee used to be a wholesome place for a family to go and have and make make love and enjoy life and have fun and play at arcades and now it's just so many Donald Trump posters and enough liquor free liquor to murder you in your sleep
1: i was about to say you know buddy i don't know that it's not never been that we just started noticing it as we got older
0: i just man so I, I gave you a recap, right, uh, basically of the day from hell where we said, hey, let's go do some whiskey tastings tonight to rev up for the Gatlinburg whiskey tastings we're going to do tomorrow.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The first place we went to, Blaketh Tanner, gave us... At least 23 of these little shots of liquor, and I'm like, oh, it's a sample. That don't count. It won't get me drunk as fuck. Until I did the math and realized that's probably, like, five to six shots of booze they're giving us. And they're giving us more, because they're like, oh, you want to try this? Here, have a little bit of this. You want to try some straight blue lightning moonshine? Here, have some of this. And then, as we teased in the pre-show, I did go to another bar where I was wearing a baby the whole time. Uh And because I was, like, enjoying my time talking to people about whiskey, hanging with the bartender, feeding my baby bourbon, you know, (laughs) just the good stuff,
1: I did. Oh, yeah, I I I was surprised. that I mean, your baby must
0: have just, like, grabbed a shot at one point and just, like, down (laughs) it just like daddy. Yeah. And so I didn't keep count there because I'm like, surely this won't be as much as the last one, because the last one was quite a bit. And so the following morning, I wake up very hungover, and I I, I go outside, I record me again, and then I walk back in and I'm like, yeah, we had, how many did we have at that second place? Because it was only like eight, right? And my mom just stared at me. As if I was a ghost. And I might have been. Because she goes, baby boy, you had 15. There were 15 at the second place. We had like 40 shots overall last night. And I said, oh no, oh no. That equates to, like, 11 normal people shots in the span of, like, two hours. And my dad is a very, he's a very good measure of when I'm drunk. He was like, you were doing very good. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) You
1: paced yourself real well, boy. (laughs) I'm proud of you for that. It
0: wasn't that. It was just a matter of, like, it hadn't really taken hold of you. The spirit had not moved you until we got to the Hard Rock Cafe. And I went. Oh, we went to Hard Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I remember
1: we went to Hard Rock.
0: No, 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 I do remember going to Hard Rock. I do also remember at one point. Em- you know me when I get to that level. Scotty just wants to go walk, so Scotty took him a walk all the way from the Hard Rock to the Wonderworks. That was like down the street. Walked back. Emily's waiting outside. Like what the. F- Fuck happened. Then we take a selfie. Where's our baby? Where's the, <laughs> Where's the baby? I go back inside and then I decide to high five both of the waitresses on my way in. Like, hey, come here. <laughs> and then the next time I did it, because I went for at least like three or four walks, one time one of them just stops and grabs me and goes, hey, stop. And I'm like, I i'm about to get kicked out of a hard rock cafe in gatlinburg tennessee this is going to be such good content for the podcast and then i was wearing a like a fluffy fur coat because obs, totes obs, it's me, yeah of course and they just go i just wanted to pet you and i'm like are you drunk how did you how are you getting away with petting a random customer i mean you know i'll allow it but okay yeah Now, Scotty, I think the
1: secret thing that you need to know about bartenders that I've learned from knowing many bartenders
0: is, yes, they are usually always drunk. (laughs) Yeah. So that happened. Then I woke up the next day, looked at my parents and said, I'm not fucking doing any more tastings. I'm not. I can't do any more alcohol this weekend, y'all. I will die. I can't do. And it took some doing because we did go in the old smoky whiskey distillery and they had red velvet cream liqueur and buckeye whiskey and i'm sitting there like can i just try like three of them and my parents are like no you you need to keep the keep keep sober and i'm like okay and you then we to keep went, it down and then we i've went, never i've never seen anybody actually
1: exercise control over you like that before
0: <laughs> and then we went and made pottery and that was a very very i don't know if you've ever made pot but my dude it's a relaxing fucking time did you say make pot or
1: make pottery? Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> good, good,
0: good. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there like making pottery the whole time. I don't know what it was. The girl, she probably liked me. But I think of my family, I was her least favorite. Because I was the only one to make a ghost joke. And so <laughs> therefore, really, she was She was like, oh, you're the one. You're the one that sucks absolute ass. Okay, cool. ah. Yep, there is. Did did you at least didn't say?
1: Oh, I bet everybody makes that one, huh? huh, huh, huh. <laughs> and she'd say, "Yes, actually." No,
0: no, I I um no, because they were already inferring I was a bad person because Emily was like, "I'm surprised you didn't make a dick," and I'm like, "I would have only made a ghost joke if that." At which point, instead of giggling and being like, "Oh, everybody does that," the woman running the k- class just goes. <clears throat> With the most <laughs> disdain oh, I've ever heard. Oh, God. So I like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't know you hated ghosts that much. I'm sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just <on>. Actually, I'm <sighs> sorry for her more. So that uh, there were only like three big highlights of this trip. Those were two. And the final one came from... When I, I don't know why, every single day I woke up, I was a little bit sad and then had to get back into I'm on vacation mode. And the second day, I woke up sad and I didn't want to eat. So I was like, I'll just have a protein shake and then we'll get into Gatlinburg and have a good time. I forgot to do that, which normally wouldn't affect me. I could usually go for a while without needing food. I'm kind of like a camel in that way. Right. Until we went to the Pepper Palace. Oh,
1: boss. No.
0: (laughs) And, like, I don't know if you've ever on an absolute uh, tank-empty stomach ate ghost pepper salsa, but it destroyed me emotionally, physically, I... Like, I was no-selling it, because that's the game. Me and my mom will eat the hottest salsa they have and try to no-sell it. And I look, and I'm like, it's no big deal. So then we leave, and then I look at my mom Oh, and your mom
1: can give you a damn run for your money. I've seen it. Yeah,
0: it's the worst. (laughs) And so, I then look at mom, I'll be like, mom, I'll be right back. Run up to the bathroom. And there's not a worse pain in this world, Blake, than trying to puke. And your body not having the, the the necessary weaponry to project anything out. Instead, just gives you, like, bits of stomach acid and capsaicin. But that's what happened to me this weekend. I fucking ruined myself three days in a row. So now you're here and you're ready to die. I am, because it. I was going to do a dry week. But instead, I think I'm just going to be dry all the way until i go to los angeles where you know it's gonna get bad but um oh well you can't be dry tonight i can't be dry tonight because it's a southern mythology episode baby it's time to sip some whiskey and make some stories and would you like to begin because i of course started last time so i wouldn't mind if you started with yours because i do want to have some of the whiskey that you're that you're telling a story of tonight (laughs)
1: Actually, before we do start, uh, I do have a tale from my week. Oh. This is something that started a few days ago that um, I didn't want to tell you, but that I felt I needed to because I had to delay our recording just to clean out my Glencairn.
0: What did? What are you putting in the Glencairn? Well,
1: it's about what put itself in the Glencairn, Scotty. Um,
0: so, a... F- Probably. Oh, also, hold on, we should say a Glencairn is like the traditional whiskey nosing glass. There you go. It's very, very nice and makes you feel posh, even though you're just drinking brown water. Yes,
1: exactly. It is probably just one of the most, like, um, just shitty boy things. Just so
0: pretentious, and it's worse because we have our logo (laughs) engraved on it.
1: Uh but last week I was enjoying a bit of um my roommate Michael's rum that he'd gotten on our last outing. Yeah. And I had a, some of it um in my Glencairn that I just wanted to taste. And I poured the Glencairn pretty high, so I had not been feeling that great that day. So by the time I gotten about halfway through it, I was like, "Ah, I don't want to waste it. So I'll just leave it here and I'll get back to it later." What? And later didn't come because I just fell asleep in my bed um, at, like, 9.30. Well,
0: I'm seeing how far you poured up, and that is quite a hefty bit of liquor as well, so... Yeah, um, so, I wake up
1: the next day and I forget about the drink I poured. And I probably don't come back to it until maybe Tuesday when I had a night I, off.
0: I thought you were about. I didn't come back to it until, like, mm, two hours ago. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the bad thing. I came
1: back and I let it keep going because I, oh, I got it and i was like, oh, I can swirl this around. and I- Oh, God. And that is when I noticed there were a dozen dead fruit flies in my Glencairn.
0: Oh, no. Because I know, like... I don't know if you were picking it up like, ah, time to finish what I started, but I know alcohol evaporation is a thing, and at that point, all you would be tasting is, like, agave nectar. Yes, but
1: no, I took it, I looked in the thing, and I realized, oh god, there's fruit flies in it, and as I, I, like, I opened my awareness of the, like, everything around me in my room, and I realized there was- a dozen of fruit <laughs> flies flying around. Yeah! They were just, they were everywhere. And so I realized, we've had a fruit fly problem for the last few weeks, been trying to get rid of them, but then I realized, this is the way. No! This you, is the way.
0: You go use a bottle or something, you're not the fuck. This is the way because they can't escape
1: from the wide bottom of the Glencairn once they're in it. Blake. And so I pour I filled it up with some water a little bit more. I asked for Michael's permission first cuz I wasn't going to waste anything um unless he was gave the okay. Put some more of that rum in it, just a little tiny bit. And I let it sit until about 20 minutes ago.
0: You know, I um my par- my parents who got you that for Christmas, don't usually listen to a load of BS, but I think I'm going to bring him to this week's episode specifically. Be like, look what the boy did! Look what the boy did to your gift! To your present! The final tally was
1: about 56, give or take.
0: You count <laughs> <laughs> What? You don't...
1: Look, you know my propensity to... I have some very, like, unique methods at ridding myself of small, tiny insects.
0: Yes, but I didn't think you were, like, full-on Hitler-ing it, where you're like, I want to know how many of them have died into my hands. Let me see. I just started.
1: I don't know why I counted them. I wanted to make enough, like, little dots on my wall to warn the other fruit flies (laughs) not to come here.
0: Just, you're the- We gotta get into siffing this in a second. You're the weirdest fucking person that I know, and I need you to understand that. And I've known it since we started hanging out, because I believe there was one time where we had to walk out to BFE where your car was parked, and there was, like, a lizard- There was just something, like, on, on the ground, and I would just walk by it, but you just leaned down and picked it up. Like, well, I gotta pick it up. Like, this is just here.
1: It was on the fucking asphalt. It was going to get run over. <laughs> I'm not just going to let the lizard get run over. I put it in a bush. Well, Bla- <laughs> well Blake, it's not fun. Oh, hold on. Fun side story real quick. Okay. One time at my roommate, Michael's, when he was still living with his mom and we would hang out over there. One day, we just found a lizard that had somehow gotten into his house yeah. that was just in a corner. And we didn't realize at this point that it was already dead. Um, because it must have just gotten in and died somehow. So, I forget about it. I forget about the whole lizard situation until one day Michael's like, Hey, do you remember that time that we found that lizard in my room? I was like, yeah. It died. And it fully decomposed and before I noticed it again. So there was just a perfect lizard skeleton. And I kept it in a box.
0: Okay, I think Michael might beat you out for the weirdest fucking person I know now. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, it's time to get back into Southern mythology, which is of course the book that's going to be released in like a fucking year and a half at this point, all made up of stories based around whiskey. And Blake, I've done some digging into the history uh, and like the mythology concerning the whiskey you want to try tonight, which would you like to describe it for the people?
1: Yes, this is Virgil Kane ginger infused bourbon. So, Virgil kane they've got their own line of um, mostly whiskeys. I think they do have some other spirits. I can't remember from the last time I checked them out.
0: I looked it up. They've got some interesting shit. Like, apparently there was a barrel shortage, uh, like, in 2014. And so they couldn't get access to new oak American barrels, which, in order to be called a bourbon, it has to be aged in new white oak. Couldn't yeah, get you access- cannot reuse
1: a barrel and have it be called bourbon.
0: Yes, but they fucking did <laughs> <laughs> they they took aged bourbon barrels aged the whiskey in that so it's called a whiskey it's not called a bourbon and then eventually they got access to new white oak and just said maybe if we just fucking put it in there we they won't tell anybody and so they put it in a new white oak barrel it's called like double double wood or something like that we double it, is it the roundhouse double barrel it's double barrel yeah because it got it got two different aging processes Now, I would just like
1: to say my favorite thing about Virgil Kane, and it is that all of their sloganeering and all of their, um, labels are just train-based.
0: Okay, we're about to get back into this, because this comes back into my research. Now, I will say, usually we try to, like, nose and pick out specific notes... This just ginger. This is like the fireball of ginger. It's just that, and then maybe some vanilla. So now that that's out of the way, oh, hold on. Let me get. Let me get a little bit. It smells like ginger. Don't even try there's to fuck. Lot, with me.
1: There's a lot of that ginger. And like don't that try ginger.
0: To fuck with me on this.
1: No, I mean like that ginger burn too. Like you know how ginger has its own like specific kind of burn? Yeah. That you're not getting and it's like more than just the that alcohol.
0: Well, Blake, do you know the origin of the name Virgil Kane? And its relevance to the train on the front of all their bottles.
1: No, is Virgil Kane an influential person in the history of
0: trains? Well, let me start with this. He ain't a real person. <laughs> Aw. But I'm gonna read you some lyrics. Virgil Kane is the name, and I served on the Danville train till Stoneman's cavalry came and tore up the tracks again. Probably again. In the winter of '65, we were hungry, just barely alive. By May the 10th, Richmond had fell. It's a time I remember oh so well. And that's the night they drove old Dixie down. Down. Oh my God! Because. Fucking George, the
1: the, the the George Stoneman. He was a um, I mean he was that was a civil he was a civil war guy. Hold on, yes. Um, and he was no he he must have been because it was the night they drove Dixie down, so he must have been a, a U.S. officer.
0: Yeah. Well, what it is, this is a reference to fucking Stoneman coming over and ripping up the train tracks in the South to fuck up transport during the Civil War. And the story is that Virgil Kane was an old, I guess, Confederate guy who would ride the trains and deliver ammunition and supplies to the Confederate army. So
1: oh shit
0: we are we gotta start from
1: there right oh yeah we are right neck deep in the civil war baby just get put on your cowboy hats and civil
0: war boots well here's the thing do we want to do civil war era or do we want to do The ghost of Virgil Kane leading people in the future to their deaths on the train tracks, a la a less racist song, uh Devil's Train by the Lab Rats.
1: Hold on, I'm getting some chocolate. Have you ever had chuck ginger-infused chocolate before?
0: I I believe I have. I mean if it's got ginger in it, I've had it. I'm sorry, I don't you can't step on this whole ghost Confederate soldier. Uh,
1: idea Uh, so what we're dealing with is instead of a like it's a real train maybe it's just a yeah like a ghost train it's a maybe it's not even like set you know back in the civil war times maybe we have a more modern day setting and it's a found footage movie of their ride on the ghost train
0: wait hold on like this still does have to be a story that's written in a book so he can't make it a movie Oh, no, no, no. You write that, like,
1: from a point of view. Have you never read Goosebumps, buddy?
0: (laughs) This could be a. You're in for a scare, Virgil (laughs) Kane! Yeah, this could be a Goosebumps style narrative. Okay. I mean, I'm down with that. I don't know why this is coming to me, but I really, really want to set this. In, like, the Great Depression era, for some reason. I don't know why that's the vibe I'm getting.
1: That would be a really good, interesting time, though, because um, the Civil War ended in the late 1800s. Yeah. And so by the time that the Great Depression rolled around, there was a lot of, like, reconstruction had been going on for a long time. Um, So you got just enough time to have stories from the Civil War, but still people who experienced the Civil War. So, like, you could have your old train—oh, Virgil Kane could still be alive, but he's just an old man now. Like, a real old man.
0: No, I still—unless—well, um, no, because I like him being a ghost train conductor, but I do want to go to this verse later in the song. Like my father before me, I will work the land. And like my brother above me, he took a rebel stand. He was just 18, proud and brave, but a Yankee laid him in his grave. I swear by the mud below my feet, you can't raise a cane back up when he's in defeat. Motherfucker, if you don't think this dude's singing that on the train tracks, like late at night, creepy as shit, going up and down the railroads.
1: Oh man, that's good. Especially because it just he just does acknowledge that people die and you can't do anything about that. So yeah. also he was a he was a confederate. So like I'm not going to not going to bemoan that really. We're
0: not that's probably going to be I don't think we need to bring any of the civil we'll just say he was a civil war era guy and not worry about Whose side he was fighting on? If you sing that verse from the song, it's pretty obs. <laughs>
1: well, it's pretty well, obs though. He's,
0: he's not the He's not the good guy. He's this bad temptress that tries to lead young boys out to their deaths. <laughs> he's just that damn temptress.: Yeah, when I think temptress, I think I mean, like, be honest here. You know me, I'm a whiskey snob. I like searching for the flavors. I like searching for this. But I love Virgil Kane ginger infused whiskey because it just gives me the ginger. It's a temptress. It's tempting me away from my normal good (laughs) whiskey. So, yeah, it pulls you away. Scotty,
1: the more and more we're describing this, the more and more this reminds me of an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode.
0: No, it's okay. We can do that. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Yeah, you you do remember the episode that I'm talking about, though, right? Recap it for the
1: people at home. Okay, so essentially, there is this kid who loves trains. His dad was a train conductor who died in a train, and he stays around the train tracks, like instead of doing normal kid things, and he makes friends with um an old like laborer on the tracks at the train station. Um, who is essentially the mystical black man character, like the stereotype. Um, but, like, one day he um, he learns about this ghost train, and so he goes to these abandoned tracks, and he gets on the ghost train that comes on because he just wants to see the ghost train. And the spirit of the dead conductor who like ran the train into another train because he wasn't paying attention and was a bad conductor tries to trap this kid in this own train purgatory where they have to relive the crash every night. So yeah, that... so that's basically how the train episode happens.
0: Okay, so that's all kinds of fucked up. I just, I, I kind of though I want to draw inspiration from a different piece of source media, another creepy show we grew up on.
1: Oh, I forgot to tell you, the reason that this ghost train happened was because of train magic.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay, I want to draw from a different one, and it's from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and it's the Brains episode. And I want it to be that... Trains, there's... trains, I won't lie. <laughs> Elite trains to on a No, no, no. <laughs> what it is, what it is, is it's, it's a creepy... Like, it, I want 50s now, because I kind of like that aesthetic. 50s. There's an old... It's like almost Andy Griffith show, but it gets dark. So, Opie's running away from home or whatever, goes down to the train tracks, and he meets Virgil Kane, who's this creepy Dr. Facilier-esque character, who just pimps up to him and is like, Hey, boy, how you doing? Let me teach you a few things, a few tricks of the trade, if you will, and I can make you a millionaire. Or, like, whatever. Like, there's a, a disagreement between opie and andy or whatever we eventually put in the real names are, and and so whatever the disagreement is the train man's like i can solve all your problems for you i just need you to do these few little things for me and so okay and they meet at a crossroads right it's gonna be like the crossroads of a train track (laughs) yeah yeah and so it what does he want him to kill people or does he want something to help resurrect him to help the south rise again and and this one Just, this one is not mm-hmm. it, it's going to be bl- based almost entirely as a commentary on the people who really like the confederate flag it's going to be a whole thing of him being like because of this the south ain't what it used to be and he, then that's when at the end Opie he has a big speech of like no 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 that's not what the South is about, and then goes on like this whole rant about what makes the South great and the fact that the Confederacy was not fucking it. And that that's the end of it.
1: I love that. I'm really happy with that. I that's in that I did just catch a fruit fly in my hand, like um the karate Mr. kid. <laughs> um So, uh now I do think maybe he's trying to get them. To cause intentional derailments because he needs more souls. Cause the more souls that he gathers on his grim task, he can actually bring himself back with like his own little um powerful Satan essence so he could become president and bring back the South. And that man's name? Donald Trump. No,
0: we can't do that. But no, it, it could be it could be something more akin to like He does, like, small tasks for him at first that don't seem like a big deal, basically, so Virgil can get his trust. And then eventually he's just like, I need you to take someone out for me, if you know what
1: I mean. Oh, the thing that Virgil could do, like... So he could say, I'm in the business of granting wishes, boy. Yeah. Uh, I hope you know that. And I've got a big backlog, and you're gonna be helping people, son, if you just grant some wishes with me. And... If you do, you'll be well rewarded because I could bring you anything you want. And he snaps his fingers, and there's like $200 in this dude's hand.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, this is the 50s, so that's a lot of fucking cash. Exactly. So he's like,
1: but now I need you to help me fulfill these wishes. So these wishes are like essentially monkey's paws. Oh, okay. So he goes in, he gives our dudes a little bit of magic. And they go and like because old Virgil King he can't leave the crossroads. I, I, but he can act through them
0: kinda. I feel like this is just something we're gonna have to think on a lot more, dude, because I'm just sitting here like, okay, but now how do we work in the Confederacy speech? How do we do this? I love this idea so much, but I've got no idea what the dismount is. I've got no idea how to get from point A to Z. Like, that's my issue right now, is trying to figure out Virgil's whole deal with this kid.
1: Well, I think that's because he's still doing it, try to, trying to get more power. Because the more souls that he takes, the more powerful he gets, right? And we could have some interludes with that happening. Yeah. And we could learn a little bit more about him in some vignettes that we write in,
0: like his point of view, just waiting at the crossroads and kind of like remembering. Oh, no, no, no. What about this? What if what if it is straight up the brains episode, except instead of brains, it's souls. And he's like, I can make your dreams come true, but I need you to start bringing me some some more souls. And so bring your friends. And so he starts leading his friends there and his life keeps getting better and better and better. But then he sees his friend's lives slowly deteriorate and realize, like, how long is it until it's me? And that's when Virgil's, like, this big, powerful monster, and he's just like, just a few more souls, and I'll be back! I'll be back to destroy you. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know how we dismount that. I don't know how we get rid of Virgil. Like, what's the ending to destroy Virgil Kane?
1: So, there does have to be, like, this old sage character who... He eventually meets, maybe who's hunting the spirit of Virgil Kane, or maybe that just, like, knows the story really well. Mm-hmm. And he says that old Virgil Kane was an evil man. He stayed right there at those train tracks. He caused a derailment. Entire battalion of Union
0: troops lost. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm down with that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What if... And this one's gonna get real buck wild. What if Virgil Kane? Cain... Died, went to hell, became one of Satan's main demons. Like, literally, we're going supernatural. He's become a wish-granting, soul-taking demon. He became the uh, the main cane. Yeah. <laughs> yes! And so then, comes back to Earth, and this old say, I, I think it is, has to be the train conductor. or Not train conductor, but the person who runs the main railway in this town, who's just like, you don't want to go out there. And he just kind of always throws out little lines like that. And so at the very end, he just... And he has to be, like, in a wheelchair. So it makes it a big moment when he just stands up, walks over, and his eyes begin glowing a bright white. And it turns out that he is an angel that has been sent down to protect this this exact place from demons like Virgil. Yeah,
1: so he's, like... The, the host of heaven has just been, like, all up in on this sweet demon action. And they're trying to just, like, put it down. So... He has to kind of, like, they have to kind of do the opposite now, and they have to rally the townsfolk to give, like, to just believe, to believe that they can defeat the power of Virgil Cain mm-hmm. and his satanic
0: influence. Ah! Or is it just straight up, I ca- or do we want to do a straight, he's been defeated, or do we want to leave it a little open-ended? Where, like, every night you do hear, like, the train going throughout the town, and that's and all you hear. the
1: cackling of an old man
0: that they call Virgil Cain. Yeah, you just wrote the end of the story right there! That line is going in, baby! That's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the story? Is it called Raising Cain? Nice. Yeah, because it's all about the res- tr- him trying to resurrect himself and become the all-powerful.
1: Yeah, that's it. You got it. Oh,
0: hell yeah. We might take the devil stuff out of it. It might just be strictly this is an old creepy ghost man who wants souls.
1: Which is great, because my only option was the cane train. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Blakey T, if we're going to ride the cane train, we got to get our ticket. We got to pay to ride. And if we're going to afford it, we got to go to the shill station.
1: Ding ding! Hey, you want to get some? You want to get some patrons? Oh Uh,
0: no, it's it's Virgil Kane. Virgil's here. No,
1: you wanna you wanna support these fine boys who are trying to just make their own way in the world and podcasting, drinking whiskey. Well, I tell you what to do. And you know what? It's not even going to cost you your souls, son. It's not even going to cost you your souls or anything. It's just going to be a simple monthly donation. $5 a month to patreon.com slash a load of BS and you can become a BS moon marine. I didn't know they had marines on the moon in these days and age. I might have to go up there and get some souls of my own from those
0: moon men. Can I just say one of my favorite unintentional things that's ever happened is the fact that after four years of having the BS moon marines, we actually released a show with space marines being the main characters in it. Yeah, and their
1: main base is on the moon or something, right?
0: Yeah, well, no, one of the characters does constantly refer to them as like, oh, these fucking moon marines suck dick. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if you donate over there, you get access to exclusive content, like our show You Paid For This, where Blake and I watch terrible movies and commentate over them. You also get Wrestling History X from the Fight Boys, FAQ, a show where Jim Murphy and I delve into some of our favorite theme park rides. They're all available for you to check out at patreon.com slash load of BS, and in addition to all that, you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like Associates Anonymous. It's an awesome podcast about basically how terrible retail is. I've been on it. It's a really, really great show. You guys need to check it out. And our other lovely patrons like Scott Moore, my mom, my dad. thats Dad Dad is one of those. <laughs> like Salty Frank of the Seven Seas. Like Gazi, Like all of our favorites. You can join them at patreon.com slash load of BS. But Blake, what if they want to donate but they only want to you know, donate once, and they want to get something real nice out of it, real real cool, real calm, and real silky on their bodies.
1: Well, you know, you could always go to our merch store, com, and get one of our sweet-ass shirts, or get one of our sweet-ass posters, or get some merch detail to each and every one of the BS Network shows, especially because, you know what we got?
0: Yeah, cop!
1: For every show, every show's got a cup. Every show got a cup.
0: I don't think every show has a cup, Blake. I every
1: I, show got a cup. I don't think they all have cups. I think it's every like, show got a cup. It's uh, and you know what? If it don't, then it's Scotty's fault.
0: <laughs> yes, and you know my favorite part about the pottery thing is I sent you the mug I made after, and all you sent back in all caps was cups, cups. But yeah, everything we've got on our site is. It's fucking amazing, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I ch- I, ha- I, make sure what we put on there is quality. The cups are awesome. Blake can attest. All of the shirts are super-duper soft cotton. They're really great. They're really nice. And you can get some for yourself at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. The year was 1969 the U.S. was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead, on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the Space Marines come into play. And let me tell you something, I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine, and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really.
1: Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars
0: for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? aboard and fly with us into the stars every other sunday on this TV. Ah,
1: all right buddy we've gone through virgil kane we've released the secrets of the train what are you bringing this week
0: okay I'm, I'm not gonna lie mine's gonna be a little bit more open-ended of a prompt because i looked here hold on let me get the bottle of what we are going to be enjoying today Okay. It is. Oh also by the way um Virgil Kane um the specific label on
1: this bottle is a of the Jupiter Locomotive which is um one of the two locomotives that met during the finishing of the Grand Continent of the Grant yep.
0: Transcontinental Railroad. The Grand Continental Railroad, my favorite. Well what I've brought to the table and you got to try it with me is Angel's Envy. It is a bourbon that they finished, so they aged it in an oak barrel, so they got it bourbon, and then they finished it in a port wine cask, and I fucking love it. You tried it. Were, were you as big of a fan of Old Angel's Envy as I am? I liked it enough that I poured it in my decanter. Yeah, yeah, you got
1: that Infinity bottle ready. Well, like I said, this is- Well, will... I don't have anything else in it right now, because I haven't put the makers in it from last time, so I guess it's still got a little bit in there.
0: Well, like I said earlier, it's gonna be a little bit more open-ended, because I looked up if there's any fun stories about Angel's Envy, and it was just like, yeah, like a Hall of Fame distiller and his two sons opened a distillery and decided to age it in port barrels. That's it! That was the whole
1: story! bud that's great that's fine because you know what in the story in the words angels envy we've got all the story we need
0: and i will say this is probably one of my favorite whiskey bottles there is because it's got a very unique shape it reminds me of um of hit animaniacs film wacko's wish do you remember when uh, what what's his name dr franken it's not frankenfurter what's his name Whatever no, doctor, the, whatever the doctor's name is, is trying to figure out a, a way to sell <laughs> Doctor Scratch and Snip. <laughs> he is trying to figure out a way to sell his uh, sell his uh, beautiful tonic, and the way he figures out is by shaping a bottle essentially like the nurse's ass. And I'm like, that's fucking great, even for a kids show. But yeah, Angel's Envy almost reminds me of that, and. Even after you drink it, keep it around because, like, on the back, and you can literally not see this, um, there are, like, these two angel wings across the back of it. It's a really nice decorative bottle. I feel like we're probably going to lean towards more angel territory. What are you thinking? Definitely, because,
1: Scotty, when you think of Angel's envy, who is the most envious angel of all?
0: We just did a demon one. We can't do Lucifer twice in a row. Yes, we can. We can juxtaposition.
1: (laughs) Diametric opposition. How did he get
0: there? Do we do this? Or do we... I don't don't like the implication of a story being exclusively about a woman so hot that even the angels are jealous of her. And this might be directly because I just talked about... Hello,
1: nurse. Nurse, yeah. That's why I think, because this is Southern mythology, like mythology, we take a completely different take on the story of Lucifer, the fallen angel, the one who envied the fact that humanity had free will, Could we ins- and who was cast down for it.
0: Could, now, could we instead do almost like a wayward son story, where it's a... Well,
1: where that's what I'm thinking, though, because instead of being cast down to hell, or the hell that we think of... Lucifer was just thrown down to Earth as a human.
0: <laughs> Into a place known as Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> and
1: he's right smack dab in Mobile, Alabama. And he's like, what the fuck, Dad? Why did you wait, like,
0: thousands of years? Well, see, not that. I would do... I was thinking more like an old Hatfield versus McCoy kind of thing, except McCoy is literally the son. It's the son of, uh, Jeb Hatfield, like the main name or something like that. Like, I want to go more towards a, uh, almost more towards, and I, once again, only by the beginning, Oedipus. Don't, the rest of it we don't talk about. It's just a dad trying to avoid the fate of his son taking over for him and casting mm-hmm. And him fucking up. his mom. And fucking the mom. Just like he did. So, just like every
1: damn hat filled for the last fifteen generations, <laughs>
0: killed the dad, fucked the mom. It could be their last name is Angel. Like that's the that's the Angel family of uh, Western Tennessee or something like that. And now,
1: yeah, I will. I I like this idea. I do want to kind of throw in mine a little bit because it's not the son; it's the oldest daughter that wants to rebel. And her name is Lucy. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. I had already predicted it. I'm so happy you brought it to the table. Boom. What if it's all this is almost like a uh, a Disney princess esque story of Lucy leaving her family because they want her to be, you know, the traditional woman of the time. They keep trying to teach her how to sew. Meanwhile, she's actually out out in the back shooting better than the boys can she's doing better than them in every single respect the dad casts her out and i want to move away from satan and god because lucy's the hero in this one it's the dad yeah, that's i the think bad one. if at this point we can just make any
1: of those things metaphorical because lucy out on her own being cast out that's enough of like of the story that you need to get to make it just completely human
0: I really like the concept of it almost like not a witch doctor, not like one of the. But I want her to go from city to city, selling stuff, and essentially being like the person who would go from city to city, curing people and like really giving gifts to those people. Or does she become a bandit? It's gonna be one of the two.
1: Oh yeah, I think maybe a maybe just like a um meshing both of those, she just becomes the best snake oil salesman
0: oh. in the western
1: territories.
0: Or, do we steal an idea from a movie that's already about to come out and essentially she poses as a uh, as a hooker from town to town and kills the men and takes their money and keeps doing that from city to city. I, ju- I just don't know, like, what the plot is right now. We've just come up with a cool character. We need a storyline behind it.
1: No, I do want to, let's go back to that snake oil salesman thing for just a second. I want to pitch this to you. Okay. She goes out and about, and one day she ends up around this wonderful, like lakeside community. And she finds, um, this, uh, route that can actually like cure diseases and stuff. And it's got a lot of different healing properties. And then this is what she just decides to do. And then she gets into, like, a wonderful relationship with a man, but it's, it's illegal at the time because it's an interracial, um, relationship. They have a child, they try to, like, they steal him away, um, so they, so nobody knows. And that child does grow up to become Dule Hill's character from Holes. No! <laughs>
0: Her thing is she loves selling peaches, and she sells them everywhere she goes. Or, no, onions. I, it's oh, I'm onions. sorry. That's, I always think it's peaches for some reason. That's uh, why. Th- that's the mystical root. It's the onion. It's the onion. No, okay. Why don't... She could be a wine salesman. From town to town goes in and sells port wine, and that's where the port comes into play. But then... Yes. Wine
1: salesperson by day banned it for the, like, Robin Hood-esque character by night.
0: Well, yeah, what it is, is essentially she goes up to the mayor— Yes, it's gotta be a Robin Hood thing. It's gotta be full-on, like, she gets the mayor drunk off the wine while he's passed out, goes up, steals stuff. The following day, the poor locals wake up with, like, riches and jewelry all on their counters, and she gets to ride out of town successful— and now, I think this is where we need to bring in, like, her brother. And this is going to be a reveal, but I'm just going to start by saying it is her brother. And he is essentially, like, the Dark Horseman. And he follows her, trying to stop her. He is the voice of law, trying to stop her on this on this journey they're going through.
1: Ooh, interesting that he's, like, the lawman. Maybe he's also left, and that's what prompted her to leave.
0: Oh. So, like, her
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, but they had different divergent stories. He became, like, a lawman and a marshal.
0: Oh, no, no, no. What if, like, I, I I assume they had capitals in cowboy times. Like, they didn't have just random fucking cities out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, they had, like,
1: every every territory because they most of them weren't states at the time. They still had their own capitals and governors. What
0: if the dad's a governor and then the son becomes a marshal and... And she leaves town and starts doing this all around their state. And so then the son has to go after her, but we just never bring that up. He is the marshal that goes after her.
1: Because they don't know it's her doing
0: it. Yeah, exactly. They don't know it's her because she always wears, like, a red... Um, Actually, hold on. That's more blueberry. A blue <laughs> bandana around her. And she she then becomes known as Blue... She is the Blue Angel. Uh, she comes to be known as Blue, and uh, but her real name is, of course, Lucy Angel, son or daughter of Big Tobias Angel, the governor of, uh, governor Mississippi. That's one we haven't got. No, this has to be a Texas story. This is a- yeah, definitely Texas. Texas, or uh, if you want to go up
1: there, Ohio.
0: No. Missouri? No. Missouri, te- maybe? I think Missouri. This is a Missouri place. Okay, so what's our ending? Does it involve the family coming back together? Or does it involve her, like, pulling the biggest heist? Which is, of course, her stealing all of her father's riches. I
1: honestly think that that's, like... I think that's the best way to go. Because what something I like like to think of in storytelling is, what's the hardest decision? Yeah, And them coming back together at the end? I think that's usually pretty easy to do. You could do it very well in a hard manner, but, like, her realizing that her family will never, like, give up their riches and realizing that she's the one that has the power to give that power over to the people, I think that's a story that we need right now.
0: Well, firstly, yes. But I also don't think it's something that would come into play in this world i don't think it would have been a normal thing so what i'm i'm thinking is that the ultimate thing you find out at the end is the dad is like one of the most corrupt politicians of all time she goes through this whole thing of like oh no i have to steal from my dad my dad's the worst one of them steals all the riches gets caught on the way out by the son there's this big confrontation she gets arrested then at some point the dad dies and then, uh, and so, her and the marshal, like, have this big brother-sister talk of, like, you know he's not good. He's not a good man. And then, finally, he, her, the dad dies. She can, They're both really distraught about it. He tries to make her the new governor because he's essentially like, hey, look. Or, no, no, no. Can't make her the governor because that would have been a bad idea at the time. And then he just leans in, like at the very end, and is like, "Go get him, kid." And it's him basically saying, "Like, go fix the corruption because we can't do it here."
1: Yeah, it's like I'm I'm not gonna stop you anymore.
0: Oh, because yes,
1: mm-hmm. uh, it's like. I know what needs to be... Because the brother has been following her this entire time, and slowly he's realized what she's been doing. Like, he's been the pure law and order kind of guy, but he realized that's not what's gonna fix the problem.
0: And he's also had, like, interactions with the mayors and stuff and realized, like, they're real shitheads. Like, they're real bad dudes the whole way, and he just slowly gets more disenfranchised. Where at the very end... um I want it to almost have a Pirates of the Caribbean-esque ending where she's about to get hung in town square, dad's dead, and uh, he just looks up at her solemnly and it looks like he's about to pull and kill her. And then at the very last minute, she makes a dynamic exit, pulls the blue bandana back up over her face, holds a gun at him, and then they both share a knowing smile, and she rides off into the sunset. The end! Fuck yeah!
1: Nice. I really like that, because having the new governor try to, like, take her down, and, oh, that's such a good fucking showing, too. (laughs)
0: This is so good!
1: This is probably... It's only February, but this is the best thing we've done this
0: year. <laughs> I love it, and it all started from. A- so, what's the name of it? What's our name?
1: Blue Angel. Blue
0: Angel. Okay, I- I'm down with that. The blue, the Blue Angel, or um, a a, a girl named Blue. <laughs> Something girl like named that. Blue. Huh.
1: Um, hold on, La Blue Ange.
0: La Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, no. Oh man, so yeah, we're gonna, I, I really, yeah, fuck it, we came up with two real good ones. I'm getting slowly more and more excited about this every single week. By the way, I did go to the Whiskey Tribe, like, Facebook page and said, Hey, I came up with this idea, would you guys be interested in that? And they're like, I fucking love reading while drinking whiskey? Absolutely yes to do this! And I was like, yeah! I got it, baby! Fuck yes!
1: We should just do a playlist of all of our, um like, uh, southern mythology shows, eventually.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I do have an end goal eventually, and this is more business talk, but I don't care. I do eventually, like, when we go down for Wrestlemania, or if I ever go out to, like, Austin, Texas, and meet with the Whiskey Tribe guys, I do eventually want to do, like, specific getting, like, Aiden English, who loves whiskey, get him to record a story, get the Whiskey Tribe guys to record a story, and get, like, more people in on it, because I'm really excited about it.
1: I think this is this is one of the best ideas you've ever had.
0: <laughs> it, Blake's like, and that's not just because I get to drink whiskey when we do it. That's not
1: just because I've got half a Glencairn left. And I'll tell you something, buddy. The fruit flies ain't getting this one.
0: <laughs> but Blake Tanner, until next week, I do have a very, very important question for you. And that's what was awesome this week. Scotty, what was awesome this week? It just happened today,
1: but it was how much I, like, forgot that I liked improv
0: games. I swear to God, I thought you were about to be like, it wasn't until today, but I just love counting dead fruit flies. It's so nice. I, just,
1: I love counting my kills, Scotty. I paint them <laughs> on my walls. Um, No, but uh, improv games, and it's something you see a lot in the theater or in improv theater especially, but... Sometimes, um, you'll have a lot of different games that you play, uh, just to kind of get to know your cast better, get to know each other better, or just, just to have fun in rehearsing for a show or in theater in general. And, um, tonight at rehearsal, we played a couple of improv games. And the one that I really liked was, uh, they call it a lot of different names, but, um, it's where you stand in a two by two square four people and, um, each one of you are in character for whatever your character is, and for each combination of people. So there's, um, let's see, one, two, like, three, four stories going on. Yeah, yeah. Each one of them has a different scene for each configuration, and you have them switch out by rotating. Oh, I remember this, have... yeah. Yeah, and I, you have to act out that improv scene.
0: That's good. And
1: I, like... Improv usually sets my anxiety to intolerable levels.
0: But Which is ironic, that... because you do an improv comedy podcast. Uh, yeah,
1: that's just more me bullshitting, really. <laughs> um, but improv in character is something that I find really like hard to do um, when just given a couple of prompts. Yeah. Especially on the spot with other people, and I think you see that a lot sometimes on the show. But um, when you feel it with, like, people you know and that you actually enjoy just like fucking around and clowning around with it's something really special that you just like you really get to know everybody in your cast oh yeah
0: one of my favorite games that and i guess this wasn't even a game but it was technically improv but it wasn't improv what you said it was improv what you do because one time uh, during one of our rehearsals the director just said hey fuck the booking do whatever you want up there. Like, walk around, move around, feel what you're doing in your body, and block it however the fuck you want. And I was like, Oh, fuck yeah! And it got real experimental theater at certain points. Like, there was a bit where one of the characters is supposed to show, like, he has complete and total control over me. And I was just, like, frozen in place and slowly squatting. And the director was like, I'd never put that into play, but that was fucking poignant and I liked it. I was like, yeah!
1: Yeah, that's some good shit. I, I, I really do like once you actually get into an improv game, because even if it's just awkward and you don't know what to do, you'll find something.
0: Yeah. Well, my thing that's awesome this week, and I've already talked about it a little bit, but man, making fucking pottery is dope as hell, and I didn't think I would love it as much as I do, but oh my god, it's the best. Because it's essentially trying not to fuck up for, like, two hours, and then when you do, just being like, can I save this? Can I save this? Like, there was a moment where uh, our teacher literally, like, "I I fucked up bad, and she just looks and goes, Yeah, you got two options now. You can either just, like, try, and it won't work, or you can just start all the way the fuck over. And I'm like, all
1: right, I'm starting over then. Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many. I I used to watch a lot of pottery videos um, because it is very just, like, soothing watch and it's just like real calming and chill.
0: Oh dude it's soothing to do like your hands are constantly wet because if they're dry you'll just fuck up the clay and just moving up and feeling like feeling it go out. It's an experience that's unlike like anything else in existence like if you think at all about like oh i've m- molded like play-doh before no 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 like feeling it spin in your hands and realizing like oh all i have to do is move my hands up a little bit and it'll even this out and oh if i take my finger and hook it around the edge it'll give it like a lip around the outside if i bend my hands certain ways it'll add different shapes to it and it was such an amazing experience even the amount
1: of pressure that you put in it makes like it concaves the clay so you can make a really nice shape vase. like hello nurse yeah.
0: <laughs> also my dad got one for Christmas like a full on potter wheel and after we got done doing that in Gatlinburg I looked at him and said hey uh yo fuck you I'm taking that wheel <laughs> that's my shit now I'm gonna start doing that like as much as I can cause I really loved it like I might just start a YouTube channel where I am the exact antithesis of everything I am on this show just being like Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're gonna try to make a nice vase for some flowers I purchased for my wife. We're gonna move around this outside. I was thinking like, so you're doing your own pottery, Bob Ross? A pottery Bob Ross is really pot Ross. Pot Ross, I think, is a different thing that maybe like Action Bronson would do or something like. But uh, you know, it's whatever. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
1: so what you're saying, Scotty, is that this week everybody just needs to go out, play some improv games, make some pottery. And they're just gonna have a good time.
0: This week everyone do improv and smoke pot. That's what I'm saying. That's what you need to do this week. But until next time That's what I'm gonna do from now on. Yeah. I'm just
1: gonna summarize our awesome things into stuff you should do this week.
0: <laughs> but until next time, Blakey e. T, where can people find you on the internet?
1: You can find me at Blake A Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, that's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. In about two years, we'll probably release our next video, so it's fine. That
0: sounds about right. You promote it every week, and I'm constantly like, have y'all done anything? Or, of course, you can find me on Twitter. We got a backlog, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and check out all the other BS Network programs online at purebs.com, including Deviant, which just had an absolutely buckwild fucking episode. Did you listen to the clip I sent you, by the way? Yes, it was
1: ver-sad.
0: Well, no, 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 I'm talking about the clip at the beginning that just gets me fucking ready. So oh. ready. <laughs> like, there's a moment at the very beginning of it where I just, like, kicked a hole in my wall. Like, this is great! Yes!
1: That's <laughs> because the episode... The episode before left on such a cliffhanger that you gotta wonder.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you guys need to check out Deviant. And you can find it and all the other shows at a load of pure BS dot cap. Special thanks to Tom
1: McGuire and the Brassholes for our theme song, Ric Flair, off of their debut album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Scotty has their new single released yet.
0: I haven't seen it. And it's a full-on LP. I really am excited to hear what's coming from them. I really do. I love Tom so much.
1: I know, they they've got some great music. If you like some funk revival shit, some R and B, some soul and some Scottish lads. <laughs> Check out Tom McGuire and the Brassholes. They're just killing it on the live scene, by the way.
0: Oh dude so hard. So make sure to check out them and remember to support the show, whether that be on Patreon, picking up some merch, or most importantly, just subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, leaving us five stars and telling a friend that you love to check out a load of BS. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, and we will see you next